to Fantastic History. I'm Sarah. And I'm Clay. We're a husband and wife duo who enjoy telling each other about amazing events, people, and mysteries throughout history. So we have a cruise coming up in a few weeks. Yeah. That we are very excited about. And the closer we get to our time at sea, the more I want to talk about, you guessed it, pirates. Ooh, pirates. Yeah. Well, it's also Women's History Month. So that makes this a perfect time for me to tell you about Queen Teuta of Illyria. Is she someone you're familiar with? I don't think so. Okay. Perfect. So we can start at the beginning. Okay. Um, Or at least as close to the beginning as we can get. So... Teuta was born in the 3rd century BCE. There's no more in-depth information about when she was born, nor can I find anything about her birth family or her age hmm. or pretty much anything whatsoever about her background. Well, that's, that's kind of tough. Yeah, it is. And in fact, I couldn't even tell you her real name because Teuta is the Illyrian word for queen. Illyrian. Illyrian, yes. Okay. Um, so I suppose it's possible her parents named her that because to be fair, my name is the Hebrew word for princess. Um, that's just not the impression I got from my research that her parents named her queen. That that's a, that, that that's a normal name that you would give a child. Right. Okay. But I do know she was born to the RDI tribe in the Mediterranean region of Illyria, which today spans parts of Croatia, Bosnia, Slovenia, Montenegro, Kosovo, Serbia, and Albania. The RDI tribe was the most prominent of several tribes inhabiting that region, and their kingdom was just about smack dab in the middle of that coastal area along the Adriatic Sea. From 250 BCE until 231, the Ardian kingdom was ruled by King Agron, who at some unknown point during his reign took Teuda as his queen. She was his second wife. So his first wife is known as Triteuta, uh, which is very confusing. I can only assume it means like ex-queen or something. Yeah, I get uh, Yeah. It's just maybe. kind of odd. Um I wish there was a record of these women's real names because Agron sounds like a real name, whereas Teuta is not. Um, hard to believe that people were like not cool to women um, before the current era, but what do you know? And these are these are written records that we have. Yes. Okay. Like like like, uh, like uh, books or. Yeah, there's there's a lot of sources on this stuff. It's, uh, I know, like the name Illyria sounds like it's out of Game of Thrones or something, but well, it yeah. sounds like it could be something out of like myth, like Greek mythology or something. No, this is very real. Okay, very real. Uh, so Agron and Triteuta had just one child together, a son named Penis, before their divorce, and he was still an infant when Teuta came on the scene. Okay. So anyway, Agron was big on the concept of aggressive expansion. And it's hard for me to say that without doing my Heath Ledger Joker impression. Aggressive expansion. Um, that was not my best. <laughs> I can do better. But uh, well, just take yeah. take that with you into the night. Okay. <laughs> we'll find opportunities we, to bring we, it back. Oh, for sure. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll rehearse it. And then next week. Just any time it's remotely appropriate, I'll try it again. So don't worry, guys. That that was just the first 
the first go. Oh, All right. boy. Okay. So, Agron is big on aggressive expansion, and especially where his navy was concerned. Stop laughing at me. <laughs> Stop it. It's cool. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So, his navy. We're, we're being aggressive with the Navy. So it makes sense, you know, because they live by the sea. Plus, this was also a time where a lot of other heavy hitters were getting into the Navy game. He was so successful at this that he defeated the Greek Navy in 231 BCE. And this was a huge deal and deserved to be celebrated. And celebrate he did. <clears throat> King Agron partied so hard over a period of several days that he developed pleurisy. Pleurisy. Yeah. So pleurisy is an inflammation of the lungs. Like more specifically, there's like this thin layer of tissue around your lungs and kind of the lining of your chest that kind of buffers them from each other. So according to WebMD, because uh, <laughs> I, I didn't really know either, uh, symptoms of pleurisy include fever and chills, a cough, pain that spreads to your shoulders and back, and a sharp stabbing pain that causes you to take small, shallow breaths because it's worse when you try to breathe deeply. So pleurisy, like as far as we know with modern medicine, uh, pleurisy can be caused by lung cancer, sickle cell anemia, or mesothelioma. Like very serious. Yeah. Very serious things will cause it. But this dude got it from throwing a balls out rager for days on end. How... Yes. How? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, that's all I've got for you. That he was so messed up for so long. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even going to speculate. I don't know. He was either misdiagnosed <clears throat> or he partied himself into the, in, into the science books. Yes. Right? Right. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It's incredible. I mean, get it. <laughs> I mean, pleurisy, I mean, and keep like it could be treated today. It's very treatable and it's more a symptom of something else than, you know, the, the illness itself, but not okay. so much in the third century BCE. So, yeah, Agron literally drank himself to death in a matter of days. Wow. So he di- he died from this? When it's time to party, he will always party hard. Yes, he he, died. He just partied and died. He partied to death, yeah. He came here to drink booze and dominate the high seas, and he's all out of booze. And oh my God, no, that was supposed to be enough booze for everybody. (laughs) So yeah, Uh, Agron is dead, and Peenies is a baby. Right. That left Teuta as queen regent to rule RDI on her own. She wanted to continue her husband's legacy of aggressive expansion um, in their kingdom and maintaining their naval status as the pride of the Adriatic. But she also wanted to increase their wealth and status and to make it clear to the world at large that she was not to be messed with. Mm. She already had ships. She already had experienced navigators. Why not dabble in some light piracy? Really? Mm-hmm. See, now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word pirate, I mean, you think, like, 
Jack Sparrow era, like the golden age of piracy. So somewhere between like the mid 1600s and the early 1700s. Yeah. Which at this point was a very long time from the period we're talking about. Very long time away. Like I'm seeing Blackbeard and Anne Bonny, but pirates had been around for thousands of years by this point, by Teuta's time, they had been around for thousands of years. Sure. Um, So in the Mediterranean, it had been causing problems since about the 14th century BCE. So twelve around 1,200 years at this time, it has been causing some issues. Now, Illyria, as I mentioned, is right on the coast of the Adriatic Sea, which makes it very convenient, not just for the massive navy, but for pirates. The coast there is very rocky and inhospitable to pretty much any kind of farming. So now we're looking at a population who's going to be reliant to some extent on taking what they need since they can't really provide it for themselves. So it's probably no surprise then that piracy was completely legal in Illyria and it was considered lucrative, but it wasn't really a noble profession. Yeah. But I mean, do you think Tayuda cared what people thought about her? Hell no. She set her pirates loose in the Mediterranean and told them to make her proud. So basically what's happening is um, she be- she became ruler mm-hmm. and piracy is already legal, mm-hmm. um, I-, I guess, as long as they're p- not pirating their own vessels, right? Right, yeah. Um, and she is now essentially um, freelancing these pirates yeah. to work directly on her behalf. Yep. So essentially she's she's upgrading her army. Yeah. To include these, uh, this guerrilla water warfare. Yes, exactly. You're probably, I mean, you're probably, I certainly was, again, like picturing a bunch of dudes on the Black Pearl or like that type of ship, like some kind of frigate with big blowing sails and like a super baller looking pirate flag or something. Because that's like, that's, that's a pirate ship. Right? Yeah. But the Illyrians actually designed their own special ships, which were on the smaller side and didn't have any kind of sails. They relied on oars. So this type of ship was called a Limbus, and it could hold about 50 people at a time, plus the uh, people manning the oars and a whole lot of loot. So what you should actually be picturing is like a much, it's like much closer to a canoe than a pirate ship, like a giant canoe. Yeah. And this made it perfect for sneaking up on ships that were docked in shallow waters to unload their stuff. Well, it sort of reminds me of um, what I picture as current piracy. Mm-hmm. Just little boats with a motor um, that are that's difficult to see. Quick, mm-hmm. nimble. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. So the Illyrians, they were usually waiting to ravage these ships, like not in the open ocean, but once they were headed into port. So you already think you're safe. You've got your guard down. Like, we're in the shallows now. There's nothing coming for us. Like, we made it home. We're fine. Nah. You're not. You're not. Okay. So pretty smart. Yeah. And as far as I could find... At the time, they were the only pirates doing something like this. Do, going like this super sneaky, subtle route. So they were they were cleaning up. Yeah. 
So if you're anything like me and geography was never your best subject, it's worth noting at this point that directly across the Adriatic Sea from RDI was a little empire you might be familiar with. Have you ever heard of Rome? Ah, Rome, yes. Mm-hmm. From the Roman Empire. That's fame. the one. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so Rome was, of course, the superpower of the ancient world. Like, anywhere on the globe, it was the Romans. Theirs is not a nose you want to tweak. So in the years leading up to Teuda's reign, Rome was pretty thoroughly distracted by their ongoing feud with Carthage, the other big bad of the Mediterranean at the time. So this feud erupted in 264 BCE with the start of the First Punic War, which was fought continuously for 23 years. So yeah, Rome was too busy battling it out with their neighbors to the southwest to worry about what little old RDI was doing to the east. And what RDI was doing was just some pillaging. Oh, for sure. Which I'm sure was much less of a problem. Uh, Certainly a problem, but it probably affected more so uh, private... Merchants. Private merchants. Yeah. So once they finally emerged victorious, though, it became a different story. Mm. The Roman Senate finally had a lot more time to look over all these complaints from the merchants who were trying to do business in the Eastern Mediterranean, which was actually Rome's most important trade route. It seemed like every time someone tried to make the trip from Italy to Greece to export their wares, they were getting invaded by Illyrian pirates. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. They tried to be chill about it, even though they were literally Rome and certainly didn't have to be. So in 230 BCE, they sent a couple of diplomats to Teuda to share their concerns about these pirates constantly wrecking their shit. She heard them out thought about it for about probably half a second and then pointed out to them that piracy was perfectly legal in RDI and she had no intention of rewriting her late husband's laws to accommodate a bunch of randos. (laughs) Like, who are you? Her stance was basically, if you don't like my pirates, then stay away from the sea. So a couple of questions. Sure. If you know the answer. Well, I can only do my best. At this point, the the uh the 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 her son the soon to be king Penis, yeah was old enough to take the throne no he was like 4 but i thought it was he was an infant when his father oh, died oh it was okay so the war lasted 23 years but at the tail end of that yeah. war is when this all started yes gotcha yeah and so that so piracy is legal mhm there but it's not legal in greece or rome or rome yeah so when they're attacking these ships and uh you know taking taking what they can Mm -hmm. they're not doing it um in their waters they're doing it in greece's waters because they're like right at the shore all along the mediterranean yeah so greece italy like everywhere in the baltic like yeah all over the place yeah so essentially the these pirates who i'm sure rome doesn't know are are being like patted on the back uh-huh. by the queen mm-hmm. are doing these illegal things in greece which greece is it is illegal mm-hmm. uh but she is not going to exp or, or um what do you call it um se- what do you call it when you send uh criminals to a to the exile, co- not no not exile, 
she's not going to send those criminals to um, Greece to be accountable for their crimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I should mention Rome is not worried about Greece. Rome is only worried about Rome. And But they're not, well, they're not sending them to Rome either. Right. Because it's legal in their home country, but mm-hmm. it's and it's illegal in Rome. So really, they should be tried in Rome for breaking Roman laws right. in Roman waters. Right. But they're not. Right. Which seems like it would be a pretty big problem. I mean, Rome's not thrilled about it nobody's really happy about it yeah why would you be i guess that'd be a weird thing to be happy about it seems like it would be illegal even if it were if it was happening what's the country's extradite Extradite. that's the word sorry yeah extradite thank you please you don't have to send your emails (laughs) if i get a single at on twitter i will scream (laughs) we gotta figure it out (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they weren't extraditing right because Well, I I wonder if this will be. I'm I'm curious if this will become a bigger problem. Well, let's let's you know let's go back to Teuta, who's over here like, stay out of the ocean if you don't like it, Mm. which is an incredible stance to take against Rome, and you're just like this much smaller nation, and you're a woman leading this much smaller nation, and you've only been at it for one year at this point like that's nuts yeah. so yeah so peenies is only like one or two and this is going on so he's got a ways to go gotcha so one of the diplomats at, like when she's like mm, bye-bye uh, one of the diplomats explained to her that what they would do over in rome like just here's an example of what you should be doing um if someone were to over in rome if one of their citizens were caught engaging in such deplorable uncivilized behavior they would publicly execute them even if it, if what they were doing wasn't against the law they're bringing shame to rome mm. you're embarrassing us in front of the world and we would execute you and it doesn't matter that it was legal here even if you aren't will- willing to change the laws and make this illegal you shouldn't be seen to be tolerating it and there should be severe punishment mm-hmm Teuta kept her cool during the meeting, but she decided there was going to be severe punishment. And I get that. I mean, who are you to come into my kingdom and tell me my people can't do something that's totally legal just because you don't like it? That sounds like a you problem, pal. Uh She made it a him problem. I mean, obviously the natural response to this would be to let them leave like everything was fine, capture their ships, slaughter one of the ambassadors and take the other one as a hostage. Ooh. So that's exactly what she did. Ooh. It Man. was literally Rome, like ancient Rome, the Romans she was starting up with. And her reaction to this information was basically, and iconic does not even begin to cover it. Like that is yeah, that is crazy. She did exactly what he said she should do. She drug him out in front of a ton of people and had his head cut off. She's like, yeah, you're right. Public execution sounds great. So this is like um, almost, uh, I'm, I'm sure they that the Romans were viewing this as like barbarism because it's totally not civil. Oh, yeah. To ex- execute an ambassador. Yep. That's like, that's like a big deal. He was just sent there to talk. Like, yeah. he's, this is not a soldier. This is not like even like somebody high, like politically ranking, like. This is some dude who I'm sending to speak on my behalf. 
and, mm-hmm. and you send back his head. Mm-hmm. Oh man, mm-hmm. this is bad. Oh, it's bad. Uh, so you know, when word of this reached the Roman Senate, uh, they immediately declared war against Illyria. Yeah. Yeah, their first move was to send 20,000 soldiers on 200 ships across the Adriatic to start doling out the most intense spankings you can possibly imagine. And it's worth mentioning that Rome didn't have a navy at this point, um, because why would they? They're like their army. They're not a navy. Um, They haven't really needed ships, but they built these 200 ships in a matter of months. That's how pissed they were. They built a bunch of ships from scratch and sent a bunch of dudes over there to be like, hey, man, what the hell? But Teuda didn't just sit around waiting for them to arrive. Like, of course not. She bided her time by stirring up her old rivalry with Greece. She sent a fleet of ships to besiege the island city of Corsera, which was on the island of Corfu, not far off the coast of Illyria. The Corsairans called for aid from the Greeks who scuttled on down expecting to basically be home in time for dinner. Like, yeah, this is, don't even worry about it. But they never even made it to Corfu. Teuda's ships met them along the route near the island of Paxus. Their strategy, um, the Illyrian strategy, that is, was to tie four of their ships together, giving them only two vulnerable sides instead of eight. Five Greek ships ended up getting ensnared by the ropes, with four of them being captured and the fifth one sinking. Wow. What remained of the Greek forces turned tail and ran back home. Dang. Oh, yeah. She wasn't messing around. So they were, they weren't just pirates. They were like, they were like controlling the seas. And I get, and, and this was probably not just the pirates at this point. This was the, the, the Navy too. Yeah. This specific incident with Greece was just the pirates just the pirates just the pirates yeah this is weird on her orders yeah she was queen of the pirates too just as much because it's legal you answer to her you you pay your your dues to her like yeah dang oh yeah so the corsarians kind of had no choice but to accept that illyria was their mom now and they made peace with it Teuda put a dude named Demetrius in charge of the city before heading back to RDI to wait for Rome. She was feeling really good about that decision because Demetrius had served her husband in Paxos and was known to be a pretty stand-up dude. Like, he was a known entity. She felt real comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. Nobody really had time to get comfortable again, though, before the Romans arrived. Like, pretty much as soon as her butt hit the sea, like, oh God, the Romans are here. So their fleet landed first at Corsera, where they won their first victory, not through battle, but by convincing Demetrius to betray RDI by joining up with them and telling them all of Teuta's plans. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. But I get it. I mean, it's literally a horde of Romans. Yeah. I imagine my initial reaction would be to pass out before (laughs) immediately becoming a turncoat. It's... Uh, the Romans who just dominated Carthage in the first Punic War. Hello. Yeah. No, no, ma'am. I'm, I get it. I mean, not cool, Demetrius, but. Uh, Self-preservation. Talk. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to cast aspersions here. This stung Teuta because she had just given him that job. Mm-hmm. To say she was not happy would just be silly. 
There wasn't really time to start plotting her revenge, though, because now a second horde of Romans had taken Apollonia. So she was under threat of being surrounded by Romans on land and by sea. Eek. Yeah. So, I mean, if it was just the sea, she's got the upper hand. But on land, the Romans dominate. They captured tribe after tribe of Illyrians as they moved ever closer to Teuta in the capital city of Skodra. And the Illyrian ships began to flee the coastal cities in terror, the navy and the pirates. Hmm. Teuta herself fled to Ryza, uh, which was better protected. And indeed, it was around this time that the tide turned and the Illyrians started to beat back the Romans. At this point, amazingly, the Romans withdrew their armies and headed back to Rome, leaving behind some troops and about 40 ships to protect the islands they had captured at the start of the war. Not long after, Teuta sent an emissary to Rome to sign a treaty that restricted the movement of her navy and more or less put a shock collar on her pirates. So like, okay, we're, we're kind of calling this a draw, but don't make me come back. Yeah. It was not good. Man. She also had to start paying annual dues to the Romans and acknowledge their supremacy publicly. And boy, did she hate that. Ugh. She hated it so much and was so ashamed of her defeat that she stepped down from the throne and returned to live in Ryza instead of the capital in Skodra. To really rub salt in the wound, Demetrius married Agron's first wife, making him de facto king until Peenies came of age. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. There's a nice sense of justice, though, in that after a few years, he decided to take on the Romans himself and was pretty much immediately killed. Oh. Yeah, so fuck him. Legend says that she could not handle her grief and threw herself off a cliff into the sea. But there's, I mean, that's really just stories. Yeah. There's no evidence to support that other than word of mouth. It's pretty dramatic. Well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, most stories from antiquity, unless there's thorough documentation, it's just drama, you know? <laughs> so this is when she drops off the radar again, with the end of her life becoming as much a mystery as the beginning of it. Nobody bothered to record anything that happened to her after her return from Rome, and her tomb has never been discovered. And this is when, like... You know, in my research, a lot of people are chalking this up to a lot of it is misogyny. People back then didn't really want to remember and honor a queen who ruled without a husband. Like, you don't really want to acknowledge that. Yeah. And then, of course, a lot of it is because they lost. And when you lose, people don't really accurately record your history so much, you know? Right. So, not only like with her death, basically. It was also the death, basically the golden age of piracy in Illyria. The moment she stepped down, all pirate activity in the Mediterranean ceased for hundreds of years mm. until the inevitable fall of Rome. And that is the story of Teuta, the pirate queen. That is some wild stuff. Yes, it is. <laughs> I hate that there's not more about her, but I mean, who was going to write it down? Yeah, and this, who's going to preserve it? Yeah, it was a long time ago. It was. It's it's a blessing that we have as much information as we do. Yeah. It, I mean, this is something we come across a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. The farther back you go, the less you have. And what's especially frustrating is that there was there there was probably a lot more 
that's been destroyed. Oh, for sure. Lost mm-hmm. or whatever. Or it could still exist, but it's just in just just somewhere that we may never find it. Right. Yep. I but, mean, the, her body is somewhere. Yeah. It's just never been found. Well, I mean, I guess like what if they find it on the bottom of the ocean at the cliff she jumped off of, there'd be no way to know it was her. So maybe it has been and we just don't realize it. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? But that is a pretty interesting story. Oh, thank you. Did peonies ever become king? Who cares? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine not um, just because there was like... Illyria fell not long after that, you know. Yeah. Probably probably nothing good happened to him. Demetrius is out here just getting himself killed to death and who knows, you know. Sure. And by that point he was probably only like 5. I just don't feel like it went very well for him. Uh, be very easy to overthrow a 5-year-old with no dad. Yeah. Just, you know, just What, a what can you do? Yeah, not not much. Really, it's a very long time ago. Well, thanks for listening and giving us a little bit of your time today. Hopefully you enjoyed that story. And if you did, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. I feel like by this point, most people have turned off the podcast, right? Yeah. Most people, like, as soon as you hear, thanks for listening, like, you turn it off. Yeah. So, like, what's some hot goss you learned this week? Have you learned anything cool? Well, if you're listening to this um on time and actually this would be old news even uh even um if you're listening on time but the but a huge bank just failed the the silicon valley bank just like basically collapsed um and on monday things will probably change dramatically so when this comes out on tuesday that'll probably be completely different but um Yeah. yeah that's the only hot goss i have Melanie Melanie might have seen a UFO last night coming back from uh, her brother Gerard's house. She saw like what she thought. She said it looked like a green meteor, but it was like way too low in the sky to actually be a meteor. So she looked it up and she can't really find anything. Oh, my God. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) And Gerard was like, well, just check Tom DeLonge's Instagram. <laughs> he's on the case. Oh yeah, he's on it. Well, you know, speaking of Instagram, guys, um, if you're still listening, check us out. Instagram, Twitter, on both of those, we're at Fantastic H Pod. You can also drop us a clay shake in his head at me. It's terrible. <laughs> hey man, if you turn it off before we were done, that's on you. It's true. It's all your fault. Um, if you are still listening, you can drop us a line at fantastichistorypod at gmail.com. Until next time, yo ho. Bye-bye.